came to talk to me on this episode of the Corona Bloody Virus Extraordinary Ones of Light on Leeds. Um, she works at Opera North, she looks after accessibility, but she's also involved in Arts Together, which sounds like a great thing. There are 80 collaborative partners, um, all doing art-related things, and it's all about working with communities, which is fantastic. She is a violinist and a voice artist, and she was a very interesting guest. Have a listen. For this Corona Bloody Virus extraordinary episode of Light on Leeds, Alice Gilmore has come along to speak to me. Hello, Alice. Hi, Hazel. So, Alice, you work as a community partnership and access officer at Opera North. I do. And how? what does that involve and how did you get involved with it? Oh, well, it's the community partnerships department in Opera North is all about bringing the opera and all the performances that we put on to audiences that may not have traditionally engaged either with the arts or with opera. So we we go around, we, we target different community organisations around Leeds and we will go out and meet them, um, offer them tickets, free tickets to start with, and then it might get graduated onto a subsidised ticket to come in and see shows, which obviously isn't happening at the moment. Um, and we bring out smaller taster performances or maybe a singer to do a singing workshop or bring groups in on backstage tours and all that kind of thing so it's it's basically making sure that everyone uh can can come in and try what we do and there's no limits to anything you know whether it's financial or physical or cultural so we try and make it easy and welcoming and let everyone see what it's about that is such a brilliant thing i think especially with um i mean for me personally i don't know what other people are like but for me personally opera's always seemed a little bit out of reach yeah. i think it's a great idea to um you know try and get that out form out to people who may feel similar yeah well that's it because you know it didn't used to be back in the old days it was for everyone and still in some countries it still is more so say in italy or, or germany and yet you know we're constantly trying to combat that elitist tag and say just come in and try it see what you think it's so amazing when you get people in there who just go wow i just didn't think i'd ever like it or i'd ever understand it or even enjoy it and they find that they do so but yes, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of time, a lot of money to commit to if it's an art form you know nothing about. So we're all about helping make that easier. And did you get involved with that from the community partnerships and access side of it, or is it because you had some sort of connection to opera anyway? It's a bit of both, actually, Hazel. I mean, I only started work at Opera North. Well, oh gosh, it's about seven, seven or seven or eight years ago. After having kids and everything, and I had been living in Ireland, and we've moved back to Yorkshire. And I'm, I am from here anyway. I do come from a musical background myself. So I, my mum was a musician. We all played, and I played the violin a lot as a kid. And I studied it at university, and so I, ha- I did know about opera. I'd studied opera. So when we moved back to Leeds. I saw a job at Opera North and it was actually a temporary maternity leave. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just try that. You know, the kids are old enough. And I worked as a PA just for a maternity cover. And then luckily I sort of wormed my way into the community partnerships department as a sort of two day a week type of role after that. And just absolutely loved it. It's what I'm passionate about because I love opera but I know that I'm really fortunate that I was sort of exposed to it quite young and perhaps having studied it, you kind of, you kind of understand it and then you know which ones you like and which you don't you know there are some that I don't like I have to freely admit that yeah so it's it it became a real passion thing so I've absolutely loved doing it and now I've sort of almost become full-time yeah love it (laughs) 
You know, I had um, I haven't released this episode yet, but I had Dave and Louise from Northern Opera Group uh, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> yeah. and they're on sort of a similar sort of trajectory as you, and they they were saying very similar things about how um, you know, opera used to be much more like anybody could go. It wasn't it wasn't sort of seen as elitist, yeah. and saying as well the same as you that there are some operas that you could listen to that might you know there's such it's such a wide genre that you could like completely like one opera and and you know totally have no liking for another yeah well it you know we, we get people coming along and they go oh, no that just wasn't for me and we go well look if you went to see a film for the first time or a play and you didn't like it you wouldn't just rule out any other films or plays again would you if someone no, said oh this one's actually really good try this one now but yeah, it's crucial that you try and get the right one for the right person, maybe to start with. Do you think it would be easy for you to sort of suggest one, or, or would it just depend on what kind of thing you like? It depends on what you like and what kind of person you are. But the reason that the really famous ones are famous is because they are really good for some reason or other. You know, it's a lot of the Puccini operas like La Boheme or Tosca. Is that Puccini? Oh God, I'm showing my ignorance here. Just the really famous ones have incredible music and sometimes a really gripping storyline yeah and then if you get a really good director who directs it in a style that you like so it might be quite a modernist take on something or it might be a lovely traditional beautiful looking sort of look so you know the costumes and the look of it are so much part of it so that's why each element could align in making it your absolute kind of you know everything comes together for you or you might go, oh, I really enjoyed the music and the singing that, but the set, I didn't quite like the set design type of thing. So there's so many elements that you're still going to get something out of it. But yeah, go for one of the really popular ones, Madame Butterfly as well. That's just, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, La Traviata. That's Verdi, sorry, yeah. I, I think my favourite is Tosca. So I would always recommend Tosca to a newcomer. Brilliant, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, do. And how have you managed with your work, Alice, and how's and how have um Opera North managed over this such a difficult period for the arts? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 not easy. It's really not easy. Obviously loads of the staff are on furlough, you know, our main thing is is massive huge productions in Leeds Grand Theatre. So we've got loads of technical staff, costume, dresses, makeup, everything. They're all on furlough it's just it's really really hard then the admin team are sort of frantically well a lot of them are still working at home feeling a bit isolated busy trying to put on you know we've got a, a lot of stuff coming up some interesting digital projects a projection thing around leads of lab om we've got mini versions of operas whistle stop opera which is a brilliant little format which can it's been going out around leads to outdoor spaces like hyde park book club or slung low and that's been amazing. But, you know, it only involves a few performers, but there's a lot of admin to just just get it sorted. So, so yeah, we're, 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 we're making stuff happen and we're just fingers crossed for the future. We'll all be back back up and running to, to some extent. And it's just a question of doing what we do and providing amazing artistic experiences through these next months um, in a way that kind of keeps all the team around and keeps them here and gives people work but uh yeah it's it's not easy at all no and especially with everything changing all the time that must be so difficult to sort of plan anything yeah yeah exactly and you know whether how many people we can get indoors safely and traditionally a lot of the theatres that we perform in uh, for the for the main stage opera so Leeds Grand Theatre and then the ones that we tour to like in Newcastle um Nottingham they're all old-fashioned Victorian theatres with narrow corridors and seats quite close together so they're not going to be open 
you know they're they're all shut till the you know definitely till next year so yeah yeah oh i shouldn't get too down in the dumps no no don't well, a depressing always, podcast there's always positivity we'll, we'll get there in the end i'm yeah, sure we yeah, all yeah. will yeah um so can you tell me a little bit as well alice about arts together leads yes i will it's it's an amazing project so basically the person i was working with in the community partnerships department madeline thorne she instigated the fact that we'd done such a great kind of program of work about setting up our community partnerships work that um we'd got some funding from paul hamlin foundation to do that and they always like it when if you've done something that's working and successful it's a really they often encourage you to see what you can do as a legacy or or to expand that out and so she had this brilliant idea of let's open up the same style of scheme but for all arts organizations in Leeds connecting to all sorts of different community groups around Leeds so that's what Arts Together is it's um, a network of arts organizations in Leeds so there are the big ones you know Opera North, Leeds Playhouse, Northern Ballet you know Slunglow and then smaller theatres, smaller venues connecting then with community groups Uh, so there are loads of groups around the city who do amazing work and connect uh, you know the ones who wanted to be involved are the ones who like either going to the arts or using arts activities to you know help with well-being etc so there are lots of great charities like inkwell space to just you know we've got we've got 80 partners in total in this scheme wow and yeah it's it's fantastic and it's run collaboratively so we get these meetings together and we get 30 or 40 people in a room so that's a half and half split of the arts organizations hearing from the community groups and, you know, talking to each other about what each side wants and coming together and, and collaborating on things. So Such a fantastic idea. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and the very sad thing is that Madeleine, having set up this in- huge and incredible project, then found her dream job and she's now gone to work at the Playhouse. But uh, we'll stay in <laughs> touch because we're all connected. So it's really Yeah, good. of course. And it's just great that she managed to get a dream job. That's a brilliant thing. Yeah. And so, Alice, you were telling me a little bit earlier that... Um, and you mentioned it, that uh, you're also a violinist. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> have you done that since you were small? I have, yeah, yeah. I was kind of um, I was brought up in the whole classical world and then I sort of broke away from it a bit in my early 20s and just went, do you know what, It's, it's it, there's such a massive kind of commitment in that classical world in that, you know, it's all this rigorous technique, it's practice, it's devotion to your craft. And I used to suffer a bit from crippling nerves. So I kind of kind of chucked it all in for a while in my early 20s. Uh, had a bit of bit of time off, played in bands and did fun stuff like that, played at festivals. And um, but then got back into it again. And then so over the last 10 years since we've been back in Yorkshire, I've been playing a lot for musicals mainly. Oh, lovely. And I absolutely love it. I'm a bit of a show off. I think I think I like the showy offness because you're the one violin instead of one of a whole section of like 20 violins. So, uh, <laughs> and I love musicals. So, you know, I do that as well as my Upper North job because that's, you know, it's when, you, when you're playing in amateur shows, it's just evenings and you rehearse at the weekends. And I've done a couple of professional shows as well, but then that was before I've become full time, but I can't really do that anymore. Oh, I played violin for a while when I was younger and I really enjoyed it. But then I got to secondary school and it just didn't seem cool anymore. Oh. And I really, um, I really hated having to stay in and practice on summer nights when I could hear all my friends outside. Yeah. But now I really, I really regret giving it up. 
Um, it's something that I'd love to go back to and try. Yeah. Although <laughs> I, I've quite like growing my nails long and wearing nail varnish. And I can remember going to my violin teacher every week and he'd say, let me see your nails. And then he'd get his nail clippers out <laughs> and I'd have to have them all taken off. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I know, but it's so silly, isn't it? That's that's exactly why I hated it. But my mum was really strict. And I and so I would have given up loads of times in my teens because it's so not cool. And I thank her now almost daily. Uh, that I kept yeah. it going but but I'm at that same stage with my kids where I'm I'm trying to be strict and say you must practice and then also just thinking look if you don't want to it's fine <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's getting that balance isn't it it is yeah and you also mentioned that you do work as a voice artist can you tell me a bit more about that yeah sure I do uh I worked as a voiceover artist in when I lived in Ireland for about 10 years because I used um I did I worked as a recording engineer in London wow and uh, I used to edit classical cds and then when I moved to Ireland and had children, so I had three kids and a stepdaughter, I was sort of stuck at home, really. And a friend said, oh, look, someone needs some voiceover for a small film. And I said, oh, I could do that. <laughs> I think they wanted an English accent. That was it. And obviously, you know, I was a, a big fish in a small... Uh, what's the word? Big fish in a small pond. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I did that. And then, and then just lots of work kept rolling in. And then I set up my own studio. So I have a vocal booth at home and... Yeah, do lots of um, fairly fairly boring stuff, but kind of e-learning narration. Um, you know, if you buy a software package yeah. and there's a help thing and you say, oh, click on the help, you might hear my voice going, move your pointer to the file menu. That kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing. That's what I do. <laughs> You've got the perfect voice for it, Alice. I'm sure I must have heard you before. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, but the funny thing is that people don't know it's me because I do have a, I do have a specific voice I use for it. Uh, so you might, you might have heard me, but you wouldn't know it was me. <laughs> that's that's just fascinating <laughs> so Alice you've mentioned that um you're from Leeds but you've lived away and come back again yeah um so you're obviously qualified to answer the three questions I ask all the guests the first one being what would you say is something that is great about the city of Leeds well I suppose it's because I'm so immersed in it but I have to say the arts environment I just think is incredible you know uh, for a city, it's a kind of perfect size city for me because I lived in London for 10 years and I lived in rural Ireland. So I've had quite a contrasting look at places and it's it's big enough that it's a proper city feel to it, but small enough that you can walk to everything. And then the, the actual range of artistic things, which for me is, you know, that's what that's what I love, is stunning. It's absolutely incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's the range of the arts. I definitely agree with that, especially when you, you you know you're part of a website that's got eighty partners collaborating together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, if you had to pick something, Alice, what would you say is something that is not so great about the city? Oh, gosh, I hadn't really considered that one. What's not so great? Well, transport in wasn't good for me, <laughs> so I'm enjoying not commuting at the moment. I don't think that's. It's not Leeds's fault, but um, I was coming in on the Skipton line on the train and, and it was horrendous over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really enjoying the lack of commuting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Every day I just sit at breakfast and think, oh, it's so nice. I just need to walk back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, exactly the, I'm exactly the same. I used to have to get two buses to work and two buses back four times a week. Oh. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really glad not to be doing that just at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Alice, if somebody had lived in Leeds for a long time, would you be able to tell them about something that you would consider to be a hidden gem that they might never have heard of? Well, yes, Hazel. I have, um, I think, a, a good one, but um, I, I should have mentioned it before because one of the other things that Opinolf has is the wonderful Howard Assembly Room. 
I don't know if you know it as a venue. I have I've heard of it. I think I've walked past it. I don't think I've been in it. You haven't been? Well, Hazel, this is the absolute hidden gem. And unfortunately, it's closed at the moment because it's being refurbished. But when it reopens, and it's not being changed much in, internally, it's just getting a whole new entrance and a, hopefully a bar and a nice kind of walking off the street on Newbrigate. But it's there as part of the sort of, it's next to Leeds Grand, but you used to have to go into Leeds Grand Theatre and then up some stairs and then into a funny room. And it didn't feel like it had its proper, you know, kind of stamp to it. It was like, you know, you anyway, it's going to have its own entrance. And the artists that get programmed in there by the projects department in Opera North are just out of this world. It's such an eclectic mix. So you'll get, you know, a bit of beautiful chamber music. Then you'll get an amazing kind of Malian uh, band you'll get throat singers from, um, I don't know, Himalayas or something. Wow. You'll get electro- weirdo electronic music, which is so intense and such a high decibel level that they hand out earplugs to the audience. <laughs> it's honestly, it's so extreme. And then they'll have like um, a live score of a few musicians, you know, making music to a film. And there'll be a singer, not even properly singing, just making weird guttural noises, but it all works. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It is. And, and so many people I know who, who go to loads of stuff in Leeds have never been. And it's I think it's because it was sort of hidden inside Leeds Grand. So now when it gets its entrance, I think it opens next summer. Fingers crossed. You know, I just I recommend that everybody go and see what's on in there. Oh, I definitely will. Alice, you um, we always feature a song by a Leeds based musician or artist and you chose a song by Fuzzy Jones called Blue Jean. Can you tell me why you chose that song? Yeah, um, I only came across her. I mean, I've met her. I've done a few musical projects where I've sort of said hi to her and we vaguely know each other, but I'd not properly listened to her track. And um, I came across it the other day because one of my favourite things of lockdown, sorry, this is a digression, is playing ukulele with the Woolpack Studios on a Monday night. Oh, wow. Oh, just, it's kept me going. It's so fun. And the wonderful pair that run it, uh, Jen Pugh and Richard Saby, I think it is, Jen had this website so I was clicking around and she does amazing music but she's part of this women's collective I'm not sure what they're called a female collective anyway all four of them are stunning musicians anyway I saw Fuzzy because I know her recognized her and I clicked on this track and I was just absolutely blown away so I've only come across it fairly recently Um, and she's got a voice to me that sounds like Karen Carpenter and then these songwriting skills that seem to have like Bowie in them and it's just phenomenal and I don't know why she isn't like a world famous musician yeah I think I think it's beautiful I think people are going to really really enjoy it what will you be doing with the rest of your afternoon today I'm just going to collapse in a heap because I've been (laughs) really busy doing this in fact this gorgeous thing at the moment we're doing um, arts for care homes so we're taking out performers to perform outside care homes but I'm sort of juggling these schedules of like different performers two care homes a day dependent on the weather and it's it's one of those scheduling nightmares. So it's been a hectic week. So I think I'll go downstairs and make a cup of tea and just sort of lie down on the sofa. <laughs> well, that sounds perfect. I hope that you get the uh, the rest that you deserve. Thank you so very much for coming along and telling us all about your work at Opera North and about Arts Together. Oh, thanks for having me, Hazel. It's been a pleasure. I'll put links in the podcast notes so that people can click through um, and go and see some opera and get involved. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much. Enjoy your afternoon. Thanks, Hazel. You too.
I love listening to Alice Gilmore talk to me about Opera North and the work that they're doing. Um, and now that this is my second guest talking about opera, I've really got to get into it. I've had some amazing, I joined all of the mailing lists and I've heard about all the fantastic things that they're doing and I'm definitely going to get involved. Alice was a fantastic guest to talk to and she chose the most beautiful song by Fuzzy Jones called Blue Jean. See what you think. Bye. A prize with me in the morning before they have won. A prize with me, my darling. Revolution has come. Blue jeans. Turn the radio on Tell me what you hear Blue jeans Turn the radio on Tell me what you feel Crack the lights With your pretty mind Don't let them on Money, money ones Those hateful high-rise keys And the prize with me In the morning Before they have won And the prize with me My darling The revolution Radio One Tell me what they say Blue jeans Turn the radio one Tell me what they hate They shoot your eyes Like the naked light Of the supermarket I So occupied by the fate book, fate book that's feeding you and a prize with me in the morning for the heaven one and a prize with me, my darling. The No, 
Follow you. 